Welcome to Where Brains Meet Beauty, hosted by Jody Katz, founder and creative director of Base Beauty Creative Agency. Hey everybody, it's Jody Katz, the host of Where Brains Meet Beauty podcast. This week's episode is with Angela Irish. She is the president and co-founder of Oz Naturals. And I met Angie through our previous podcast guest, Jennifer Walsh. So it was super cool to meet Angie and talk to her about all things entrepreneurial. And if you missed last week's episode, it featured Marcia Kilgore. She's the founder of Beauty Pie. Thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate your support. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Where Brains Meet Beauty. I am sitting with the lovely Angie Irish of Oz Naturals. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Jody. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited for you to be here, and I'm so excited that you were introduced to me by the Jennifer Walsh. Yeah, Jennifer's awesome. I love her. It was, um, she's always so wonderful in connecting me with incredible people. And I know you just did a, a Facebook Live with her just mm, a few minutes ago. So much fun. Yeah, loved it. Um, and I see you're here from Florida visiting, and you're wearing super sky-high heels. <laughs> hey, I have some that are higher, <laughs> believe it or not. These are like maybe four inches. And um, tell us, were you walking around the city streets in those today? Um, no, 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 no. I am, you know, smart enough to know you've got to bring your street walking shoes and then pack the, the pretty shoes in the purse or something and, you know, get them out right before you walk in. So I, did, I pulled one of those. I was walking around in flip-flops, which actually wasn't the smartest thing. I thought it was going to be a little warmer this mm. week, we, you know, getting here, but, you know, it was a little chillier than I thought, but I was walking around in flip-flops anyway, right. so. Well, I um, I used to do this whole second shoe thing, and now I've just, I'm done. Yeah. I wear flats, and I look, um, you know, maybe like a little more odd than if I was wearing heels, but it's just like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. No, you're smart. You're smart. <laughs> yeah. I actually had to wear heels for, um, I don't know, maybe a function, a family function or something recently, mm-hmm. and I, my feet were destroyed. Yeah, well, I mean, and honestly, like, the older I get, the more I'm, like, I can't tolerate. And I used to just, like, kind of get on to my mom. Like, as she got to, like, I don't know, like, after her 40s or something, she used to wear the, I, my mom, my grandmother, both shoe, love shoes, and I got that from them. And I noticed that she wasn't wearing, like, her pretty sexy heels as much anymore. I'm like, Mom, where's where are all your sexy shoes? And where are all your heels going? She's like, I just can't. Like, I cannot wear those anymore. Like, I can't do it. And I'm kind of starting to, like, see where she's coming from. But I'm not ready to hang up the heels just yet. But I know where she's coming from now because it gets a little tough, you know. And But you got to do what you got to do sometimes. Yeah, I um, I think I gave it up, like, five years ago <laughs> because I just couldn't suffer anymore. Yeah. yeah, well, they say that, actually, heels are not good for the feet. They're not. They're not good, but... And, and in Florida, I wear more flip-flops than I do anything else. So I actually don't wear heels as much as you'd think, just, you know, functions and special occasions right. and stuff. But day-to-day, nah. <laughs> well, what brings you to New York today, visiting from Florida? So um, mostly business. I'm just here doing a, a couple meetings and um, the Facebook Live with Jennifer Walsh. And I have a couple of uh, TV things that I'm going to do um, out. They uh, they shoot out in Long Island, but I think that they are, um, one of them is uh, aired all over New York. And the other show is um, Manhattan. 
Manhattan, Boston, uh, St. Louis, and um, Chicago. It's uh, another show. That's I don't know cool. if I can mention other shows' names. Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> no. And are you um, are you working with a publicist to get you these opportunities, or are you guys finding them on your own? Um, we have sort of a team effort. I mean, we have um, a, an agency that works for us that helps us to find things, and then sometimes it just kind of like things will pop up. Like people may reach out to us and ask us if we want to do something, and just kind of you know works out that way. So I love your story and I was so excited to record this episode because I just <laughs> want people to know where this all started because what has happened is like super rapid growth for you and um, I feel like you've your brand is like snuck in there and done this, right? Like really quiet and stealthy. Mm -hmm. um, so take us back. It's five years ago. Yeah, we just celebrated five years last month. Take us mm -hmm. back to why you conceived of this five years ago and um, what the conditions of business were like for you then. Yeah, so five years ago, so I'm a licensed esthetician and um, have always loved skincare my entire life since I was like maybe four or five years old. Um, but, you know, I started seeing this like huge gap in the industry where you either had skincare products that were really natural, but in my opinion, they really didn't, they weren't maybe as effective as they could have been. And they were just, but they were natural, which is good. I mean, I prefer natural over not any day, no matter what. Or you had the products that were maybe more effective, but they were loaded with toxins and chemicals and things like that. And I just thought, you know, I, I would like to see a brand where you have both, like very, very natural. And when I say natural, I mean very clean and natural because a lot of times you have brands that say they are, and then you go to look at the ingredient list and you're like, ah, not so natural. Um, but I wanted both. I wanted something that was highly effective, super clean and natural, but also cost effective. That was the thing too. I think that the biggest aggravation for me in the industry was seeing like what companies were charging for, you know, one ounce serum with like, you know, 70, 80, even sometimes $130 or more. And I was just like, man, this just seems ridiculous that something so small and, and you have to replace every 30 to 45, maybe 60 days. That's a lot of money for most people, right? So I just wanted to kind of like see if I could do something and, and change that up. So I met my um, business partner. We were um, friends. We actually dated. We were a couple, and that's how we met. And then we just sort of started kicking around ideas. And he comes from a background of internet marketing. He's a self-taught um, internet marketer. He started in 2000, back when there was really not a lot to market online, you know, and there weren't even really a lot of shopping carts out there. And he was, he started, he taught himself everything. And so we met um, about six years ago, I guess. Um, yeah, something like that. And we just started talking about it. And the next thing you know, we were doing it. We were vetting labs and um, he learned everything about it because we wanted to start the business on Amazon because we knew like being an indie brand and just kind of like, hey, here we are. You can't just jump into stores. I mean, it's just, it's difficult anyway, even when you are established at five years or more, it's, it's so hard to break into retail. So like, okay, so we've got to make our mark online. This is the perfect timing. You know, everything now is starting to be sold online and everybody's buying everything online. So why not? Let's start.
start a brand online, skincare. So this is really fascinating that your instincts were to do that because there are so many entrepreneurs that are um, either using their own money or even funded, right? Maybe they have access to capital, right? Who are still striving for that presence at retail, mm -hmm. um, despite the cost, despite the challenges, despite the uphill battle, and the fact that it doesn't guarantee you, you know, a lot of sales. Yeah. Um, and it's really interesting to me that the two of you decided, oh no, we wouldn't even consider doing that. Yeah. Um, and from what my perspective, what you told me, I feel like that was a, the secret to your success. It, it very much was. I, you know, starting online with Amazon is a lower barrier um, to entry. Doing it that way, and with my partner, his name is Craig Romero. He's he was he's so good at what he does that we were able to you know launch a product and take it to number one status within just a few months. So, and I mean, you know, because of him, we were able to actually get the products in front of people. And you need that. You know, you can't, you can have a wonderful product, no matter what it is. And if people don't know about it, it's just, it's not going to go anywhere. So that's very important. Right. So you, um, you embark on selling this one product on Amazon, but it's not like anyone knew you existed. No. Right. So we were nobody. How did people even find you? Well, we started with one product, our hyaluronic acid serum, and we launched it on Amazon. And within a few months, I believe it was two to three months, the product was at um, number one uh, status for hyaluronic acid serums. And, um, you know, it, it, the first year, just with that product alone, we, is it okay if I talk about numbers? Yeah, here? Okay. Sure. So we grossed like 800,000 in sales off of one product, one show. We didn't even have a website. By the way, we didn't even have a website. Right. So that's my question. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, um, you know, most people are used to buying most products, cars, skincare, whatever, because they have um, an infusion of trust in the brand based on marketing, right? Yeah. yeah. They've seen advertising, word of mouth, whatever. Whatever it is, but some mm -hmm. sort of marketing activation made them think, oh, I trust this product and I'm going to buy, right? Yeah. So you're, you're launching on Amazon with yeah. really no marketing support, right? You're just really part of their, their funnel, right? Mm -hmm. Leveraging their process. Yeah. I how are you bringing how are you bringing people to the product that first year? Well, and that's that'd be like a really um, even better in depth question for my partner who does like all of the marketing, like the because he has secrets that he won't even tell me, you know. And and I'm okay with that because I'm like, look, I know you you worked hard to learn what you learn, and that's that he wants to keep some. But I mean, just I know like a lot of backlinking and you know different things. Like we would we we write we have. Uh, um, uh, a blog, and mm -hmm. we would do our newsletter. We started doing a newsletter every week. Right. So you were we developed like a list all the of customer kind of stuff. Yeah, right? just uh -huh. yeah, exactly. SEO, leveraging that, um, and everything. Google, you know, analytics and all those <laughs> buzzwords. Yeah, right. So it's so not as easy as just like putting a product on Amazon no, and helping people show up. And by the way, five years ago. It was a little easier, and we were one of the few brands. Like, I mean, there weren't that many indie brands at all. Like, there may have been just a handful then. You did have like, you know, L'Oreal brands. You had Olay, and you had Obagi, and you know, all these other brands on there, of course. But and we were, I'm so proud to say too that we were like kicking all their butts, like just beating them in sales. All these brands have been around for years. We were outranking them, and here we were just this like little new kid on the block. But definitely, Mark. Marketing is huge. And when we started, I mean, thankfully we did it when we did right. because if we were doing it right now, I'd be really worried because literally brands, like so many brands come on the Amazon scene or online and 
in, anyway, like every day there's just tons of new brands. Right. So it's, it's difficult. It's really hard. Yeah, I really, um, I mean, I love this story because your your instinct was focus on Amazon, let's ignore retail, and let's do it now and not later. Yeah. And I really do believe like that's the reason we were able to grow so quickly. Definitely. Right? You learned all the things that people are just now trying to figure out. Exactly. Yeah, thankfully um, with my, my partner Craig, he saw that. He knew that the timing was right and if ever there was a time to do it, do it now. And it was just, you know, they say like luck is what is it? Timing meets opportunity or something like that. That's, that's what luck really is. That's exactly what it was. And just preparation or was it preparation? And I don't know, something like that. Well, let's talk about your mindset five years ago. Cause you told me that, um, to get this one product off the ground, you sold everything that you owned that had any sort of value. Like what kinds of things were you selling? <laughs> I know. And I laugh now cause it's like, you know, a washer and dryer, but at the time this front loading <laughs> washer and dryer, it was a big deal. It only been the like on the market for like several years. So like I had this like newer uh, front loading washer and dryer. I sold that. I sold, because I've been married before, I sold my um, diamond. I had to sell that. Um, sold my car. I, you know, like just things like that. Anything that I had that had any kind of like real value to it, I sold it because I needed the money and we, you know, had to get some products up and going with our lab. We had to give them some money, you right. know, to do it. So I love that because, um, it's really brave to basically take everything you have, like pour, like pull the dollar bills out of your back pocket, grab the quarters from your front pockets and like from in between the cushions and say, I'm pushing this over into this business, I'm going to give it a try. Yeah, it was scary. I mean, that's an understatement because, and like I said, Craig and I were together as a couple at the time, but so, but I couldn't just rely, we weren't married or anything. So it wasn't like I could just sell everything and just rely on, and you shouldn't ever try to, you know, rely on another person, but it, I just felt like, oh, wow, if this doesn't work out, like I won't really have anything, you know, it, I could lose a lot of things. And so I, I had faith though. And, you know, when he and I talked about it together and I had a lot of faith in him as a person and uh, a business person that I knew, I just knew, you know, sometimes you just know deep down inside when something's a good idea and when it, it's probably going to work out. And then sometimes you have a bad feeling about it. So I had a good feeling about it. I just, I don't know. It was one of the things in my life that I think I just really had a great feeling about it. I'm glad I listened to that intuition, which, you know, intuition is such a, uh, an understated thing in this world where you, they, they always tell you, or you always hear people saying like, listen to your gut, listen to your intuition. And I, it's so true. It's very, very true. And at this time, were you working still as an esthetician? Did you have a day job? Yeah, I was working okay. at Ulta. I oh, was an esthetician really? for Ulta in Greenville, South Carolina. I don't know. They have them at not every location, but some of the Ultas, they have like the back room where you can do, they do facials and I would do makeup, like applications and things like that. So I was kind of like their uh, resident, um, like sort of head esthetician at the time for that time period that I worked there. How many years did you work there for? I, actually, I wasn't even there for, it might have been six months that I was there when and we started the line and I just kind of like jumped out of that and into this role. So I haven't been in the field, you know, in that capacity doing um, makeup and, you know, the facials and skincare um, in that capacity in five years because I've been so busy with, um, but I love makeup. I have a real heart for makeup. Like I love putting makeup on other people more than I do myself. Like sometimes I'll walk around like, you know, looking like half dead or whatever, but I can look at another person and think, oh man, 
I would love to do their makeup. Like, oh, I love their bone structure. I could really like, you know, I see every person's face as like a canvas or something that I would just love to paint on. And so I do love makeup too. And will Oz get into the business of color cosmetics? That's a good question. Um, we've I always said no to this point. I, I really like to just stay focused as Oz Naturals being a skincare brand and just really just have that as our focus. Um, I mean, never say never, maybe, but I think that right now we have so many um, things that we want to do and products that we like to see like launch and come to fruition before we um, go and jump into makeup. But I do love makeup. Mm. So let's talk about the name of the brand. Um, when you conceived of the brand, what did the name mean? Okay, so originally the thought was we were just going to probably um, specialize in serums. And, you know, serums are generally in like the one ounce, you know, some kind of uh, bottle or something. And um, we were just going to kind of focus on that. So we thought a good name would be Ounce Naturals. But we didn't want to spell out the word Ounce Naturals. That seemed a little too, eh, you know, vanilla or something. So we were going to do OZ, abbreviation for Ounce Naturals. And that's where it first started, but then it evolved into Oz Naturals because everybody started calling it like when we would be on the phone with like vendors or the, you know, lab or whatever. And, you know, they would, oh, Oz Naturals, Oz Naturals. So we were like, you know what? That's, it's, it's great. Let's, uh, and then once we decided that it wasn't just going to be serums, I wanted to develop a whole line. It just seemed like the natural like progression of things. And I'm a huge fan of like the Wizard of Oz. And I thought that's kind of like cool. Like I, that's like my favorite movie anyway. So I'm like, yeah, Oz Naturals. That's great. Yeah, I really like it because it makes me um, think of, I guess, New Zealand, right? Oz, yeah, right. And it, it, that's the thing too. It can mean like different things. Or is to, that Australia? What is Oz? I think it's Australia. Oh, okay. I think it's Australia. But we have a lot of um, people that will write to us from Australia and ask us, "Are we an Australian brand?" And you know, they get excited about that. I'm like, "No, we're not." But you know, so the people do think that as well with the name. Um, okay, so you sell everything that you have, basically anything that has like a motor, <laughs> and um, the first year you are able to generate $800,000 in revenue from this one product. One channel, too. Didn't even have our website up yet. Which is incredible. For almost a year. I mean, really, it's phenomenal. And I know so many entrepreneurs are listening now being like, oh my God, this is like, it's like the jackpot. It's crazy, like yeah. The, the rainbow into the pot of gold. Um, how long did it take you until you bought a new car? Um, that was actually not too long because I needed a car. So I think it was like maybe six months. It was a used car because still, even though you see like, you're like, wow, we're making great sales and this is awesome. You don't know. You're kind of like knocking on wood. Like, I hope this, this is going to stay this way. It's going to remain like this. So I didn't want to go out and be crazy and just start buying things or getting a brand new this or that. So it was a used car still, but I got a car maybe within like four to six months, I think. Right. After. And, um, the washer dryer, how long did you go without one of those? Well, I rented for a while. So there <laughs> it had like a washer dryer. So I can't remember like when, um, and then I just like was bought a house a couple of years ago and it already had like a washer and dryer in it. So it's, I don't think I think I've had to buy another one yet. Right. So you weren't <laughs> suffering. Yeah. Yeah. Not yet. Okay. So I think um, you alluded to this earlier. I'm sure our listeners are wondering. Okay. You started the business with your then boyfriend, mm-hmm. who is not your boyfriend anymore. Right. Um, can you talk about that dynamic? Because this is yeah. probably really fascinating to a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, definitely. So, um, 
you know, like a lot of relationships, you get together and you're, you know, everything's like whatever. But I think that it's kind of can be difficult sometimes when you're in a relationship and you're also in business together. And I don't know if there are people out there that can kind of like, you know, testify to this as well. But it's it's difficult because you're, you're always together, but then it seems like you're always like just talking about business a lot. And, you know, after a while, like sometimes it could, it could possibly zap a little bit of romance here and there maybe or something like that. And, um, you know, we were together three years and he's actually still a great friend to me and we get along great and we've run the company together and still, and you know, it's, it's worked out for us. It maybe it, it doesn't work out for everyone that goes down that road that are together. I've heard of a lot of married people, you know, being in business together and it didn't work out so good for, I'm, you know, you hear sometimes people get divorced or something like that when they go into business together. So I don't know. I just, it can be, it can be kind of tough, but, but he's a great guy and we're still good friends. He actually got married, um, a year ago, about a year, year and a half ago. So yeah. All right. So when you, um, think back to five years ago and starting a business with a boyfriend, um, would you give any adv- advice to somebody now starting a business thinking of doing it with a significant other, whether they're married or not, um, where it's a, there's a romantic relationship beyond the business relationship? I think if you, if you really trust a person and you believe in each other and you know um, that I think each of you can bring something to the table that, you know, like he had things that I didn't have and couldn't do. And, and I had a talent and a thing that he didn't know so much about. So I think that when you have that kind of uh, formula or chemistry, then you can, yeah, you can definitely do it. And I think some people can do it and they may have such a strong relationship that they can keep it going and they could be together forever and be in business together forever. And I think that's amazing because it it gets a little tough, but you know what? I would say follow your heart and your gut and just kind of like go with what you feel that you should be doing. And if that's with your husband, wife, significant other, then sure, definitely. And how do you spend your time when you're not working, when you're in Florida? Oh, well, I have two dogs and a cat, <laughs> so I take care of them all the time. Like, I feel like I'm always either feeding an animal or, like, walking a dog or something or just hanging out with them. Um, I, you know, ha- try to hang out with friends and go visit my family. They're in South Carolina. I'm in Florida, so try to visit with them or have them come see me. And, you know, I just, I'm really, like, kind of, I love to go to the beach, but I'm really kind of just, like, I wouldn't say I'm a boring person because I have a lot of life in me, but I don't, like... I, I just like doing like everyday things to be honest with you just just being I don't know I like to I like to chill a lot too you, you know you read see, you seem really calm are Thanks. you um are you like is your headspace this calm as relaxed as you seem to be um most of the time yes I think so I mean you know I have I definitely have passion and it depends on what maybe I'm talking about or the circumstance you know I can kind of get a little more like you know amped up or something or you know maybe I'm talking about something that's in the news, something that's upsetting or whatever. I can definitely like, you know, things can move me or whatever. Um, but I think that for the most part, like day to day, hour to hour, I'm pretty laid back, pretty level headed, laid back person. So your team who works under you, they would describe you as serene and I think so. I'm pretty sure that's how they would describe me. Cause yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you know, this business is very volatile. How are you able to just 
be so chill. <laughs> I mean, but don't get me wrong. There have been some some things that we've gone through as a company or things, and you get upset here and there. And, you know, even just a couple months ago, I was feeling down about some things, and I was just like, you know, and with us talking about retail, like trying to break into U.S. retail, it, it's so tough. And even with us having, you know, five years behind us and pr- a proven track record online with sales and things like that, it's, it is still hard, even with our brand being as great as it is, it's hard to get the attention of retail because they have so many brands out there that's knocking on their doors wanting to get, and there's so only so much shelf space. So I think that sometimes maybe I get a little impatient because I expect like, oh, this should be happening faster or, you know, like, let's do this. But, um, but you know, like I got maybe like a little down for like a week as I was thinking, oh, like we're we're just never going to like break into retail and it's just so hard. And, but you know, I snapped out of it and it was just kind of like one of those things where you're, you have a moment or something, but, and everybody has that. So why, why is there an interest now in retail? Well, because we feel like we've done like everything we can do online and we, and we, we are in 82 countries. So we do have an international presence and, um, and some of those countries, like, you know, it's like little bits here and there, you know, may, may not be like huge amounts Mm -hmm. of sales in every country, but we do have a presence in 82 countries. I think that's really incredible. Not to be 83 because Australia is, um, coming up the, the way here pretty soon. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I forgot what I was saying. Oh, I was <laughs> asking why now, um, <laughs> why look at retail now? Yeah. So with retail, it just seems like the next step and I would just love to see our products and what we've worked for to be on a shelf somewhere. I'd love to walk into like Ulta or someplace and just see like Oz Naturals on the shelf. It'd be so amazing. And is that um, because you think you'll reach more customers or is it just sort of like it, it would sort of feel like the ultimate expression of your hard work? I mean, it's both. For me, it's both. I don't know if I can speak for Craig in this, but like, you know, of course you want to grow. Anytime you're in a business, you want to grow that business and see, like you saw it, it's like having a child, you know, you gave birth to something and then you see it grow and you just want to see it take the next step. Um, but you know, I think it's both. I want, it's for the success of the company and, um, to grow the company. But for me, it's, it's a little more than just that. Cause I'm not just driven by money. I mean, you know, I want my company to be successful, but more than that, I want to be proud of my company and know that like what we do, like our brand, that companies ethos, like I want to just do right by like our customers and the consumer and I, that I really care about people and their skin and just even things like, like, cause the way I live my life every day, like I'm, I eat plant-based, I'm a huge animal lover. Like I'm a freak about the environment, like all these things. Um, and so I want like my skincare brand to reflect, it's a reflection of me. So I really care like what is in the products. So, um, I think for me, it's both. It's, it's seeing the, the company grow, but then to see like, Oh, look at, you know, what I work for. It's sitting on a shelf and there it is. And just like a proud mommy, you know, like, or something. Right. So there's, um, there's so many more costs involved in selling in mm-hmm. physical stores, right? Yeah. Like the testers, the training, mm-hmm. yeah. um, I don't know, returns, like all this stuff. It's yeah. like, you know, it can often impede mm-hmm. a business. Yeah. Um, so, you know, what I what I think is really interesting about your product, though, is the price point. Mm-hmm. It's a really um, appealing price point yeah. for the yeah. quality that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, have retailers given you feedback on that? Um, 
a little bit that we because we do have our price point a little bit lower. We we have a little room to you know to grow a little bit. Like if we had to raise the price here and the you know, dollar here and there um, to kind of compensate for those those costs that go in, they're involved in retail, we can do that, which is good mm-hmm. because some people, they're already like so, some brands are so maxed out at their, their, their price that they really can't go anywhere. So I feel like that that's a good thing, but we may have had a couple people, a couple of buyers say, you know, you could actually, um, raise your prices a little bit. And I'm like, yeah, well, if we have to, we will. But again, that's like, that's not what, that's not something I want to do just because I'm right. not, you know, I don't want to just, you know, have huge prices on our products just because we can just, you know, just to say, oh, well, you know, I think we should, you know, be charging $50 for the serum or whatever. I, I don't agree with that unless you have to. What's the highest price product right now? Um, right now, I believe it's around 1949. It's, it's under 20 and our prices will fluctuate just a little because of the Amazon marketplace. Like we, we play around with mm-hmm. it, you know, just here and there a little bit. Cause we have to, you know, know, uh, yeah, compete and things like that. But I think right now, like nineteen forty nine. And the um, least expensive product. The least expensive. Oh, I think I may have to look. We have to edit this part and put it back in. But I think is it twelve. Right, so that's a really interesting concept, right? That between that twelve dollars and twenty dollars, I can find. High quality, well thought out, 100% natural yeah. skincare products. Yeah, it's and I really can, unusual. And I can honestly say, because you know, every person with their business, they're going to say like, "Oh, I feel like I'm the best," or "We're the bestest." But I do feel like we have such a brand to be proud of because, um, you know, we, we're cold processing, which means all of our products are produced at room temperature. Um, heating products is bad. It's just like when you're cooking a vegetable and you're cooking out all those nice ingredients and the vitamins and minerals. Um, same thing with the skincare products. When you you heat them, you're gonna lose a lot of the value and the percentage of efficacy in those vitamins. So we're, we cold process so that you have higher levels of efficacy. Um, we have what's called biopreserve technology. It's a trademark preservative system. It's a mineral based actually preservative system. So it's um, quite possibly the cleanest preserve system on the market that we know of. And we also use what's called um, Silagel. It's a, a trademarked plant-based it's, it's like, um, so, you know, silicone is being used in everything, like makeup and skincare. It's bad. You know, it's toxic. So we have Silagel, which is plant-based. It mimics the effects of silicone. So you have that nice, silky, like gliding, moisturizing feeling, but it's plant-based instead of the silicone. So it's called Silagel. So when, you know, when I think about everything that we're doing with our line is just, it's something so proud. I'm so proud of it that we truly are like very, very natural and clean and, um, and very effective products and at a, a great price point. So I'm just happy that we're able to do that for people. When you're talking about the, you know, the ingredient story and, um, your, your alternatives to what you see is toxic. It makes me think of, you know, being at industry events and hearing people talk about, you know, traditional, I guess, beauty people talk about how it's really hard to, you know, remove an ingredient and um, find a substitute that's, you know, perceived as healthier. Mm -hmm. Um, But 
I don't know if it's really hard because you're doing it and you know I have other friends who run brands who are doing it you know what what's with that like I don't know I don't know if I could say I find that hard to believe or if I it, maybe it's who they're working with I, maybe we were blessed and lucky that we found the the lab that we found that they are ahead kind of in their ahead of their time in what they're doing and it's just our the team of scientists our lab I, I don't know but we we're doing it so Right, you're doing it. I mean, we work with brands who, some of them have three ingredients in their product, five ingredients in their product, Mm -hmm. seven ingredients, ten ingredients, and, like, they're incredible products that, like, really work. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I guess it's, like, um, a a lack of curiosity because it's obviously happening, right? Like Maybe. um, And I find it kind of amazing that, there's such a narrow view on product development. I'm not a product developer, but I, you know, I yeah. obviously, I, I have a window into what's happening yeah. with meeting people like you. Well, what I can say is I do believe in the last few years, and maybe you've felt this too, like the indie brands that have been popping up, what's caught, what's, what's making there's, so they're causing a change because I believe that the indie brands have been like, wait, we, you know, we want to do something different here, like make room for us. And so what, some of us are doing is actually changing like some of the bigger brands have you not noticed that they're like trying to be more natural and like be a little cleaner now I don't know if they'll ever get to the point where they're doing what we're doing maybe they will I don't know but it's definitely a lot of the indie brands like us are it's 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 causing that shift I definitely know that for sure because before the bigger brands they they had no intentions of ever like making things like totally clean and non-toxic. And by the way, so our products, like, you know, there's standards within the FDA, although like the FDA is, there's only like 14, I believe 14 banned ingredients right now. Only 14. In the EU, there's thousands. So our brand goes by the EU guidelines and restrictions mm-hmm. with this, you know, we don't even pay attention to Cause like if it's on the FDA's list, it's definitely on the EU's plus, you know, a thousand more. So we go by the EU's guidelines when we, um, if there's ever an ingredient that we're considering to put into the formula, we run it through that database first. And then the, there's the whole foods, um, band list as well. So we run it through those databases first. If it's a no, no there, then it's a no, no with us too. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, thank yeah. you for sharing your story with us. I mean, I just yeah. love hearing that you have to sell, you know, your washer and dryer and look at you now. How big is the brand now? Um, well, as far as like sales. sales, so, well, that's a little tricky because our sales had reached like, I think it was like nine and but then nine last what? nine million. Oh my god, that's crazy! But then we last year we had to take a step back because we were reformulating, doing the coal processing, and we had it was our former lab, which we have our newer lab now, which is amazing. So we had a little issue, like a hiccup with our lab, the former one, and they kind of cost us a lot of money in production. We had to like halt, and we were only running with three products for almost the entire year, things like that. So, so this. This year was five. Wait, five million. Five million with three products. But for from for a lot of this the year. This is so yeah. incredibly impressive, Angie. So. Like you know, from selling your car, selling your washer dryer, starting a business with one product on Amazon to five to nine million dollars later. Yeah. This is 
phenomenal. It's it's amazing. I feel like I'm in like a dream sometimes, you know, like wake me up. And so it's, but I, but I love what I do. I love this. And it, it, to me, and I say this with all honesty, even if it was only like, you know, grossing a couple hundred thousand, I'd still be, or whatever, I'd be like, oh, I just, I love it. You know, it's, it's a success. So it's, it would be great with me, but but it's it's definitely awesome to see it just keep growing like it has. Definitely. I love it. It's such an inspiring story. I'm so glad I get to thank share it with our listeners. Yeah, thank you. And thank you for your wisdom today. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Jody. And for our listeners, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Angie. Please subscribe to our series on iTunes. And for updates about the show, follow us on Instagram at Where Brains Meet Beauty Podcast. Thanks for listening to Where Brains Meet Beauty with Jody Katz. Tune in again for more authentic conversations with beauty leaders.